Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my house, and maybe Dane's house. I don't know where Dane records from. I think it's a top-secret location, but uh, here's Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Hi, I'm Jeff Cavanaugh, and we're here to talk to you about the NFL Draft. Dane, how are you today, sir? I am good. We, it was It's actually uh, 68 degrees here in Ohio, and we haven't seen 68 degrees in about six months, so... Oh. Uh, it's yeah, it's awesome. Uh, feeling good today. Did you go sunbathing? Did you get a lounge chair and take your shirt off or what? No, no. I, the, the neighbors don't need to see that, but uh, did take the kids, uh, all four of them around, around the block a little bit and went for a little walk and, you know, took, took in the sunlight. We haven't seen the sun in a while. You need to take some of your plug and play money and get a six foot privacy fence, maybe an eight foot. That way you can do weird yeah. stuff in the backyard. Yeah, I mean, I bought when I bought the this the, well about the land to build on. I wanted a lot of land, so it's gonna need a lot of fence. That's oh, that's, okay. I didn't know you were on a ranch. My bad. Well, it, it, it's just over an acre, so it, it's decent size. But uh, okay. yeah, no, I wanted to stretch my legs. You know, if you're in Ohio the, and you're a fence maker and a big draft guy, hit up there. Big. You go. He can fence in the property. Um, so plan for this evening when it comes to our draft talk is I have a few things that I want to talk about. I asked people for their questions. Obviously, if you are watching right now, uh, you want to super chat and make Dane talk about your team. That's cool. Otherwise there will be a lot of Cowboys talk. Look at this. This is the most pissed I've seen Cowboy fans in years. Agreed. (laughs) Uh, but also I don't know if that's real life or if that is like social media life, you know? Where of the 100,000 people that are in AT&T Stadium for every game, maybe the 1,500 that are on Twitter are more pissed than I've ever seen. But I wonder if the entire fan base is as fed up as it seems like they are online. Well, I mean, what is, it's the, the Randy Gregory thing. It's the what, Amari Cooper only getting a fifth. Uh, what else? Well, and it's, I think it's been since the end of the year. And I think it's because like going into the year, the entire – Cowboy fan base was like, man, if you could just play decent defense, they're going to kick ass. And then they played better than decent defense and the offense fell apart. And it was just like, now everybody's super mad. I'm kind of like, you know, they did go 12 and five, but at some point I think people are just mad of not meeting expectations all the time. Maury's music says party at Danes. Let's draft an line to make us not care about free agents on defense. And Vance says, Dane, there's a bunch of sad cowboy fans watching you. What could happen in this draft? Turn our frowns upside down. Well, hey, uh, we just saw what could happen in the first round last year with Michael Parsons and what kind of impact uh, he made. Now, you're not going to find a Michael Parsons every year. That's just not realistic. But there's some good players in this draft that are going to be there at 24. Could be a wide receiver. Uh, it could be a Zion Johnson. Uh, it, it could be uh, you know someone on defense. Uh, now I do just talking to other, uh, teams and kind of getting a feel for what they think other teams are going to do. I haven't everyone that every other team that I talk to thinks the Cowboys are going offense, offense, offense. That's it. That no one thinks they're going defense. They think they're either offensive line or they're going to do something, uh, you know, make some type of splash because they want to get more explosive. They want to put points on the, on the board. So I mean, I think it's offensive line or or wide receiver at twenty four. I'd be at this point, I'd be surprised if it's anything else. Okay, so we're gonna go with um, the surprise then. 
because it's where I want to go because it's where a lot of people who are listening right now and in the chat want to go. Henry said, now the boys have painted themselves into corner. Is there any way a DN falls to 24 or will you have to trade up such a horrible off season? Because I did share at time for Jeffrey, I have to get used to my new Twitter handle and not having a blue check mark, um, that if you were going to pick an edge guy in this draft and you were the Cowboys, there's six names that I would say, okay. And after that, I'm like, no, figure it out later. And those names are Aiden Hutchinson. Now, obviously, some of these will be long, long gone. But Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon, Trayvon Walker at Georgia. This is my order of them, too. George Karloftis at Purdue, who might be the most realistic, even though he's my fourth guy. David Ojabo at Michigan. Jermaine Johnson at Florida State. Odds, any of the six make it to 24. And... Can you give me another edge that he, if he went in the top 24, you would think was deserving? I don't think it's realistic that any of the six will be there just because we're talking about a pass rusher. You know, those guys go early, um, especially in a draft like this where we don't have a ton of quarterbacks. We don't have a lot of other key positions. I think teams are going to look at pass rushers and say, let's just, you know, let's gamble on one of these guys. And, you know, we'll feel, we'll feel like we're, you know, uh, in a good spot. So if one were to fall, I think it actually might be Ojabo just because he's, you got to hide him versus the run. You know, like he, there's, there's a, there's a lot that he still doesn't know about uh, the game of football and, and specifically playing the run. So Ojabo could be the one that would slip a little bit. And then, you know, what kind of impact does he make for you? Uh, and how early if you're the Cowboys, if that's, if that's the direction they would go. If there is a seventh guy, I mean, Logan Hall is my next guy from Houston, but as I, I feel like I like Logan Hall more than anybody, I wouldn't feel great about him at 24. I, I wouldn't feel like I'm getting one of the 24 best players in the draft. So if you're not getting one of those top six, I don't, you're, I think you're reaching. I mean, like the boy Mafe is a name that I think we'll hear a lot about from Minnesota. Uh, he's an athletic Marvel. I mean, 6'4, 260. Uh, you know, he jumped like 41 and a half today uh, at his pro day. Um, didn't he rested on the 40 times? I think he was in the four fives, but I, I, he's another guy that you just you don't trust him versus the run, and he's still figuring things out as a pass rusher. So, boy, Mafe is a name realistically that could get into the first round, but I wouldn't feel great about him at 24. Why red? Realistically, what could they do with four fifth round picks? That's right. My Cowboys are collecting darts, baby. We got darts for the board. How far do I need to go up to pick a punt god? How far do I need to go up for Matt Areza at San Diego State so we can just have an 80-yard punter? I will be very interested to find out uh, if he is on the board when we start day three. Uh, it, wow. it, there's a there, there's a decent chance he could sneak into day two and into that top 100 range. Uh, just because, again, teams view him as a defender. You know, They view him as a weapon uh, because of what he could do with his leg. And uh, it, when you kind of – look at it from that perspective as being a defensive player and not just a punter kind of makes sense. It kind of does. And I I think that you have to be pretty, pretty confident in what you're doing. I mean, uh, Jason light drafted a kicker in the second round and thankfully he won a super bowl or else we'd be still be referring to him as the general manager who, uh, you know, drafted a kicker in the second round. uh, And he had to get rid of it, didn't he? Didn't it turn out he couldn't kick in the NFL for a while? Like he wouldn't go. Oh, yeah, he 
he, he lasted a year and then he bounced around. He was the Bears for a little bit. And I don't, I mean, he might still be bouncing around, but yeah, it, it was a disaster. So yeah, I, but I mean, uh, you know, Arise is a, a different cat. Uh, he, he's, he's pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see if he's still around uh, by the time day three rolls around. Okay. So it's Arisa, not Arisa. Arisa? Uh Tomato, tomato. I don't know. Oh, well, I, I, I've heard thing, I was trying to make sure I put proper respect on punt God. And now we're not even sure. Well, now you got me second guessing myself. I just go with my gut, and when I'd see that name, I'd set a razor in my head. And I'll tell you what, Dane, you might have been ahead of me on him, but if you were, it wasn't by too terribly far because Amanda was doing sidelines in that conference. And so, like, the second or third game of the year, she was like, they have a punter that kicks the ball 80 yards. And I was just like, in. My guy. Yeah. I, I mean, the the uh, Dixon from Texas, the punter, when he was coming out a couple years ago, uh, that was the last time I remember any type of, you know, like a buzz on a punter. Uh, okay. Yeah. And he went fifth round. So, you know, this is this guy, uh, if he is still around in the fourth, uh, in the Cowboys, I wouldn't blame him if they used the fourth rounder on him. Just, you know, package uh, one of your fives with a four yeah. and jump up to the top of four and go get your punter. There you go. Talking about. Save this Will draft. the Cowboys tick, pick two specialists in this draft? Man, they need to, don't they? Jeez. <laughs> they don't have a punter, and they don't have a kicker, which is better than some of the combinations of kicker-punter they've run out. This is true. Um, I, I don't I, I don't know. Every, I think everyone's going to expect that, you know, if you draft a kicker, it'd be Evan McPherson, uh, but that's just, you know, not going to happen. So, uh, I mean, Dicker the kicker? Keep him in, keep him in Texas? Uh, maybe? I don't know. Why not? Yeah. Uh, Mike said the Vikings are trying to shed Daniil Hunter. You willing to give up a five or six to make that happen? He was hurt last year, right? Is that what's going on with Daniil Hunter and why they're trying to get rid of him? Because, sure, just top of my mind, Daniil Hunter's a good player. Yeah, I mean, he's still going to be expensive, though. Like, let's – I mean, if you're trading for him, I think it's $18 million, uh, is what he's at. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but we don't have I mean, that much. We only had five and 70 for a defensive end that's not going to be here. So – you had to take yeah. a little bit of a discount. Come down to that number. Yeah. So I mean, it's they're just they're shopping in a different neighborhood. You know, I think that's just reality of this current situation. And it is what it is. You know, there's no point in you know lamenting why they're in this position. It's just you know this is facts. So how how do they get better? You know, and I, I think okay, what what's the ideal you know top first three rounds for you? If you're you know a Cowboys fan, what's the ideal first three rounds? If I had my druthers, I think the first three rounds would probably go left guard. So Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green. Second round, like Sky Moore or George Pickens. So wide receiver. Third round, if you have an edge you like, that's fine. If you have a tight end you like, if Schultz, if they're not going to do a long-term deal, I think you could do tight end. But mm-hmm. I might lean linebacker, mm-hmm. maybe left guard, third wide receiver, third linebacker. Good plan? Bad plan? I like it. I think that makes sense. Uh, and I think it matches up well with – I think the names you mentioned are realistic too. Um, with Zion and Kenyon Green, one of them should be there 24. I'll be surprised if you know both of them are gone. And I think you feel good about either one that you're getting. Um, and then in the second round – I, I guess there's a chance that both of those guys could be gone. Sky Moore, um, I, I mean, he's definitely really well liked 
but uh, I don't know. I, I, he probably well, doesn't I don't make know, it. Dan, you should probably uh, tell people who aren't on social media uh, your Sky Moore nugget because oh. uh, he is now officially the best player in the draft and the best receiver prospect of all time. <laughs> yeah, so I asked uh, – I asked the team for, you know, just on their stopwatches, who had the fastest 10 yard split at, at the combine. And for them, this team, it was Sky Moore at 139, which is. It's not anything, even a real human number. No, anything under five, 1.5 is just otherworldly. I mean, it's just remarkable. And he got under 1.4, which is just not, not really human. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty impressive number. Talk about initial quickness. Um, okay. I mean, um, I, I do want to talk to you about these wide receivers too. Um, right. so that will be our next topic. Let me knock out some super chats real quick. Wesley says, what's good, Jeff, keep going strong. Cowboy's going to be fine. It's the first day of free agency and early in the off season. Yeah. I mostly agree with that, but sports fans are crazy. If you don't know that yet, not as crazy as like Cowboy fans aren't quite as crazy as college fans. Like anybody who went to a power five school, they're insane. They're not normal. It's not healthy. Um, but yeah, when you got your emotions all up in your sports, man, people are going to, people are going to get fired up, be rich, best off season for the Cowboys in over a decade, same old breed, same old results. Dane, do you see similarities from green Bay to how Cowboys draft since Mike McCarthy arrived? Hmm. I don't know if Mike McCarthy's really been super hands-on in terms of like the personnel acquisition. Yeah, Dan Quinn has been for the defense for sure. I don't know that McCarthy's been super involved. Plus, it was defensive draft anyway. It's the last one. Right, right. I don't think so. No, not to this point, at least. Now we'll see if he's got his uh, fingerprints on what they do at twenty-four this year. That'll that'll be interesting. Charles, who best helps Dak and Parsons? That's two different questions. Jordan Davis? Question mark. Linderbaum? Question mark. Uh, yeah, an offensive lineman most helps Dak. And yes, Jordan Davis is probably the name that helps Micah Parsons the most. You want Micah Parsons he, to tackle everyone, put Jordan Davis in the middle. <laughs> yeah, he, he won't be there. I, I, Mike Tomlin had a good quote today. He was at Georgia's Pro Day and someone asked him about possibility of Jordan Davis being there at, at 20 for the Steelers. And he said, uh, I, I think that he's going to be hugging the commissioner long before he gets to us. So I, I think uh, Coach Tomlin's uh, right uh, with that remark. And Tom then said, the good news is there's about eight other dudes I'm watching right now that I want on yeah, the team. Exactly. Quay, Quay Walker, I tell you, he might be – I'm seeing in the, the chat Quay Walker in the third round. Quay Walker might be the first Georgia linebacker drafted. Okay. Um, gosh, you know what? I want to say that's shocking, but I've been watching the trend. And for me, the trend is just watching people who are plugged in, right? You, mm-hmm. Lance Zerline other guys who do like their mock drafts and things like that. And Nicobe Dean is sitting pretty consistently now, I think available when the Cowboys pick and not being picked by the Cowboys. And it's just like, all right, here goes your five foot 10, five foot 11 linebacker thing. Where well, somebody- it, how do you feel about him not working out at the combine and then not working out? Or hey, he, let me rephrase. Cause he, he did work out today at the pro day, but he did not do the 40, the agility drills, the testing part of things. Like that's if you're not doing it, you're not doing it for a reason. I mean, plain and simple. And it's not right. it's not an injury thing. So for a guy that's an undersized linebacker, that's got to scare you a little bit. Yeah, I guess. But I think if I'm not picking in the top ten to fifteen, 
and you have the tape that he has, I would say that's fine. Uh, it is interesting because like watching him on tape, what I told people I saw was like a supercharged Nick Bolton where it was like the diagnosis is so fast, but he's also very fast hey. and quick. Should, should I answer it on the live on the. Yeah. If Gil's calling, yeah, you should answer. And if you have oh. to mute it, you can mute it. Gil oh. Brandt calling Dane, everybody. Uh, Gil and I talk every day this time of year. It's just, it's just our daily phone call. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were actually going to answer it. That was what I was going. No, to no, I'm sorry. I was going to, but uh, I missed it. So, oh, okay. uh, Quay Walker, like for a guy that's that Quay's big, full and, size, and how did he test? Like Quay's full size. That's one of the yeah. things that moved him up for me. Is I'm watching Quay Walker, and it was like, okay, uh, sometimes Nicobe Dean gets mad at him because he's in the way because Nicobe Dean sees things so fast, but. Like, that's a fluid, full-size, move forward, move backward, tackle. Like, Quay Walker's got all the things. He, he's going to check all those boxes. Yeah, I mean, for a guy that's almost defensive end size, he's 6'4", 241, uh, ran a 4'5", um, I mean, he's – I mean, one-year starter, too, so you feel like there's still some untapped potential there. I, I wouldn't – he was at number 33 in my mock draft. So – I would not be surprised at all if he snuck into the first and Dean being undersized. And, and I agree with you. It's not like you watch his tape and you think, okay, this guy's not a great athlete or he's deficient as a mover, but 90% of the time he's going to beat Channing Tindall and Quay Walker to the football. Yeah. And they're both bigger and faster, I guess, because he didn't test running, but so well, and I, I think that's, that's faster. fair. And I, and I think that that speaks to just his read react, you know, his, his ability to key and diagnose. That's that's kind of what makes Nicobe Dean a potential first rounder. Cat boy Jones, not even trying to hide tank for Sean Payton in full effect. <laughs> run the cap. Thank you, Jay. Let me see if we got any more before I move on to my next topic. Er, love you guys, but the Mavs are playing the Nets right now. We'll watch this after. Keep up the good work. Thanks for donating to tell me that's incredible of you king shadow zion or green at 24 more or pickens at 56 walker or chanel dolchich or cook uh oh chanel at 88 dolchich or cook at 129 well i guess since we're doing this linebacker thing i do have a couple linebacker questions for you vance between green and johnson which of them project projects to be the better offensive tackle in the nfl i think they're both guards, Kenyon Green, Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson, but oh, I, I think yeah. they're both NFL guards to me. But Zion Kenyon Johnson, Green, played, he played tackle last year and it did not go well. He's a guard. Okay, well, if um, both of if like your tackles and your swing tackle rolled their ankle, like Kenyon Green could go do it, I guess. But yeah. I don't, I don't think you want that. No, you don't. Dane, could Tyler Smith? That's Tulsa, right? Or. Sawyer plug and play at left guard. If you miss on Zion Johnson and Kenyon green, Tyler Smith has got to be one of the most uh, biggest wild cards uh, in this draft because he is so gifted with the, have you watched him yet? I've not watched him yet. He's my next offensive lineman. Cause I think, uh, I think Jer Jeremiah had him like in his top 30 or something. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I love DJ, but that's, I, I just don't know how you, I mean, it's all upside with him because, I mean, you have to rebuild his fundamentals from the ground up. And maybe if you kick him inside the guard, maybe you can get something out of him as a rookie. Maybe. 
But, I mean, he had 16 penalties last year. Like, this guy, he's so undisciplined. Uh, and, it's, I mean, it's not like it's something that can't be fixed. It can be fixed. But it's not a guarantee that it's going to happen or even happen, you know, overnight or quickly in, in his rookie season. So, I where I would feel comfortable drafting Tyler Smith is – not not the top 50, um, probably maybe with the, with the Cowboys second rounder, but I don't think he's going to make it that far because someone's going to just jump all over those those raw traits and hope he comes, you know, becomes something. But I don't know, man, that's that's I'll, I'll be eager to see what you think of him after you watch him. I, I, drafting him top 50 is just pretty rich for me. A quick question from Avery. Which round do you think Thomas Booker, Drake Jackson and Elante Taylor go? And are those real names? I know Drake Jackson is. All real names, yeah. Um, Alante Taylor, I like as actually the safety. Uh, he played corner, outside corner for Tennessee. But I mean, the dude is physical, competitive. He's a four-three athlete at six-two, two hundred pounds. I like I like him better at safety, but I think he gives you versatility. I think he'd be a core special teamer too. So um, I think once you get to day three, I, he could be off the board at any point. So I think fourth, fifth round is fair for Alante Taylor. Um, Drake Jackson. I, I like him. I, I think he's a day two player. Um, he, kind of a weird trajectory at USC because he came in this big time recruit, had this great freshman year, and then they had him lose all this weight uh, when uh, Todd Orlando, the tech, former Texas defensive coordinator, went to USC. They played him at that B-backer. So he went from like 275 to 240, and all of a sudden he couldn't play with power. And so, you know, they're trying to get his, the weight built back onto him. And so he's, he's – Drake Jackson's interesting, but I think he could be a, you know, maybe a, a good value pick on day two, someone that outplays, you know, where he's eventually drafted. And then who was the other player you mentioned? Uh, it was Drake Jackson, Alante Taylor, Thomas Booker. Thomas Booker, maybe the smartest uh, player in this draft. I mean, the guy is really, really uh, smart. Uh, Stanford, no surprise there. Uh, and he tested pretty well. It's just – you watch his tape and you're like, all right, where's, where's the impact? You know, I just, I, I'm waiting for him to, you know, make an impact and just doesn't do it consistently enough. So I think somewhere fifth, sixth round, you, you know, you take a chance, you roll the dice on those traits. Uh, you know, you roll a dice on a, a guy that's, uh, you know, borderline a genius or just a really smart individual. So fifth, sixth round, I think seems fair for Booker, but you know, maybe even goes a little bit earlier for a team that really bets on those traits. Thank you, G.D. Smith in the Super Chat, and thank you to B-Rich, who is clearly the Mike McCarthy guy of record watching this, which I appreciate. I'm halfway a McCarthy guy. said this is these last two drafts is phase one of him, getting rid of all the bad contracts, and then they're going to party. Okay, you dang Super Chatters, I've been trying to get back to the damn linebackers. And I'd also like to point out that Big Smoke said, you get a haircut, Jeff. Now, is that saying I need to, or is that a question? Because I didn't. I'm rocking the... Rocking the hair tie because I didn't want to wear a hat today. Um, yeah, I want to go back to the linebackers because we've talked about quite a few of them, but there's a couple that after watching their athletic testing, I need your help on because like Leo Chanel, Wisconsin, yeah. watched his tape and honestly, I was like, okay, that's like a... I'd be thrilled in the fourth round, maybe happy in the third, maybe... And because he's just like, he's 6'2", 260. He's an old school build. Like he's not tall, but he's thick. He's not long arm, but he's strong. He just wants to blow everybody up. He's a freight train. And I'm like, all right. So he's a run forward, run into people linebacker. Then he did his athletic testing. And I'm like, wait, is he a full-blown freak? Like, can he be a guy that covers? Now, what are we doing with Leo Chanel? I mean, 
1995, he would have been a you know, top 10 pick. Uh, it just with, you know, but the way the game is today, it's just different because what does he give you on passing downs? Is he, does his uh, athletic testing give you hope for passing downs? Yeah, of course. I mean, he, he, if, so at 250 pounds, he ran a four, five, three in the 40, 40 and a half inch vert. Uh, at his pro day, he was under seven seconds in a three cone, six, nine, eight. Uh, and he also put up 34 on the bench just for, uh, you know, S's and G's. So, uh, hey, like, did I, you get, did you get good numbers from his pro day? Cause I saw ones that official. were tweeted out. And if no. they were accurate, it would be, he's the best athlete to ever play linebacker. And I was like, I don't know if I believe this. No. Yeah. I, the, those, I, I, I only use what teams send me. So, okay. So you don't have him as a three, nine, four in the short shuttle. He was a four, two, four in the short shuttle. Okay. All right. That so he's not a, yeah. the best ever. He's just a no. Good but uh, yeah, for a guy that's two hundred and fifty pounds, four two four is pretty good. Uh, and under seven seconds in the three cone, six nine eight. That's pretty good. Uh, those are the only two things. And well, on the bench press that he did at the, at the pro day. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, he he's T Rex arms. He's two fifty and he's got T Rex arms. That's easier third, to bench. I got long third, arms. It's hard. Thirty one inch arms. That that is fair. Um, I, yeah, I think that's the big question is what does he give you on third downs? I, I think that's, you know, it's it's one thing to uh, project that, um, but that's that's obviously a big projection to see how he holds up in coverage. I mean, he's just a guy that he's unproven covering seam speed, just wasn't asked to do it. It's not what he what he did. Uh, the recovery athleticism, I thought, was lacking. Like, if he makes a false step, he's not going to make it up to uh, be a factor uh, in coverage. Uh, he's not used to anticipating and driving on routes. Uh, he, he needs to develop a feel for passing lanes. Um, oh, he, he has two career pass breakups in his career. I mean, that's just – and, again, part of it was because he was asked to be a downhill player. That's He wasn't asked to – T-Rex arm can't reach the ball. Hey, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But uh, I – it does make it Chanel tough to peg. Um, like I, in my two-round mock that I came out with a couple weeks ago – I did not include him, and he was close. I mean, he was right. I, it was down to him and I think Damone Clark for one of the last picks in the second round. So he was almost in there. But uh, because some of these questions we're asking ourselves, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still there in the third round. I don't, I don't think he's getting the Cowboys pick in the third round, but I think he, he goes somewhere top 75. Okay, now one other linebacker, because we talked about most of the top ones, I feel like, already. But one other guy that is the same thing. I watched him on tape, and I went, oh, my God, this guy's a freaking missile. Um, but forward player, don't really see him play backwards. Channing Tyndall, yeah. Georgia linebacker number three. And I'm just like, dude can freaking run. Yeah. He can hit. He's going to run you down. You're not going to beat him to the sideline. You're going to get tackled. That's Channing Tyndall. Then he tests athletically, and I go, well, could he develop in the coverage part of it? And now where does he belong? Because I was like, okay, Dean's in the first round, Walker's in the second, Tyndall's in the third or fourth. And then he tested, and I'm like, shit, am I shortchanging Channing Tindall now? Where, What are you doing with him? Yeah, no, I, I thought he was a – based just on tape, I put him in the third round. That was the, that was the tape grade for, for Channing Tindall. Um, and he's, he's, it's fascinating because he has as many starts in college as you and me. Uh, he has as many passes, pass breakups as you and me. Well, so, he's the third linebacker in. Like He's the one who either yeah. Dean or Quay Walker has to come off the field, and he goes on. Exactly. I mean, it, it makes more sense now why Jermaine Johnson transferred to Florida State, you know, just to get on the field, you know, get get reps. So Tyndall, I mean, you, you 6'2", 230, 
four four seven in the forty, uh, forty two inch vert. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll get the official numbers tomorrow. Uh, you know what he did in the shuttles and three cones from the pro day today. But yeah, Tyndall can move, and I think that uh, you know there, there's for a guy that's never started before, there's going to be a learning curve for him. So I don't know as a rookie that he's going to give you anything more than maybe some sub package uh, snaps, and I, I, he'll be a speed demon on special teams as well. But uh, I think if you're expecting Channing Tyndall to come in and be a year one uh, impact guy, I'm just not sure he's going to be ready for that yet. But when you have the, the traits that he does. Uh, you feel good that he could develop into a starter. It just may, might not be till year two or three. Uh, one more linebacker. No, two more I want to ask you about just really quickly because I'm just looking up the ones that I have and the order I have them in. How much do you like uh, Christian Harris, Alabama? I do like him quite a bit. Now, he's, he's, he's interesting. He was a corner in high school, goes to Alabama, and they move him to linebacker, and he starts right away as a true freshman for uh, Nick Saban, which – A high school it, corner was starting at linebacker for Nick Saban? As a freshman, yeah. That in itself says something. You know, that is pretty – pounds when he got there? I, 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 to be honest with you, I don't know the exact uh, weight. Is he a 220-pound corner? What are we – Yeah, I, I think he was, yeah. Story. I mean, he – they, they, they played him at corner, they played him at safety, and he was a wide receiver. So, But he didn't play linebacker. Um, and then he goes to Alabama, they moved to linebacker. And, I mean, he was recruited as a linebacker, but, um, yeah, he, he's uh, – but he ran a 4-4 at, at, at the combine. So that tells you something about his speed. Uh, the guy can move. Now, too many missed tackles. Um, you know, he needs to clean things up. But uh, a guy that, you know, is uh, – that versatile of an athlete he's got play speed he's got intangibles um i he's still developing in several key areas you know just in terms of diagnosing the action and uh you know you want to see him pull the trigger like a half second quicker uh so he can better leverage gaps and you know just has a better feel for play direction but this is this is a guy you think is going to be a scheme diverse three down player i just might have to grow into it a little bit Okay, now having said that, I feel like we went through a lot of these linebackers without mentioning among guys I've seen. Is it Asamoa at Oklahoma? He's the yeah. he's not a big guy, but holy cow, he freaking flies. Yeah. Brandon Smith at Penn State, who looks like he's a Madden creative player, but also looks like how do you say? Like, I just I watched him and I was like, I don't know if he has any idea what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and then Troy Anderson, who's a quarterback running back linebacker. And it's like, awesome. so out, outside of three names, are we talking about a linebacker class where you're going to be able to pick apart sort of the flaws of all of them once you get past Quay Walker? Yeah. And I think it's, but I think you feel good about the depth that's going to be there for you. Um, second, third, fourth round, you know, I think, Besides, in my opinion, edge rusher, pass rusher, the best position this year, the deepest. Um, and we, we just talked about six guys going the first, you know, 20, 22 picks. Um, and then I think day two, day three, there's there's some quality uh, edge rushers. Linebacker, it's right there with some of these maybe maybe receiver, uh, maybe offensive tackle as being the next strongest position in this class. Uh, even though we have questions about these guys, you know, even – uh, you know, Chad Muma from Wyoming, um, you know, all the guys you just mentioned, Troy Anderson, who is, I don't know, I don't love his feel for defense. You know, like he's a, a former offensive guy. And so I think there's still a transition going on there for him. But for a guy that's six, three and a half, 243 pounds, runs a four, four, two in the 40, 
And it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing at all. He had 147 tackles last year. Uh, yes, it was at the FCS level, but I mean, you just don't do that if you're not don't have some semblance of uh, of an understanding of what you're doing. So Troy Anderson, uh, I don't know if he gets out of the second round. I mean, maybe he's an option for for this team at 50. What do they pick? 56 in the second round. So uh, it's just uh, this linebacker class is fun, and I think there's plenty of options second, third, fourth round. Now, I don't know if you have your rankings in front of you, but just top of your head, can you rip off in order like your top eight to ten? All right, so it's Devin Lloyd one, um, Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker two, three. I've got them pretty similar. Uh, Chad Muma four from Wyoming, Damone Clark five LSU, um, Christian Harris Alabama, uh, Leo Chanel Wisconsin. So that's what uh, six seven. Uh, then probably Troy Anderson eight. All those that so those eight right there are in the top seventy five. So late two, early three. Uh, and then after Anderson, Channing Tyndall, and probably Asamoah. Those, those would probably be the top 10 right there. All 10 belong in the top 80, top 85 picks. Good. I'm making notes to see if I need to go back and if I effed anything up. Not that I care it, what you think. I'm about what I think. Yeah, that's, but, that's, uh, any, anything that I uh, those rankings surprise you or do you disagree with or – I know. So the one I really wanted to know where you had Damone Clark, because he was the one guy, the LSU linebacker that I turned on the tape. And I I don't know. I just I didn't have anything. A lot of these guys, it's like I can find the trait where I'm like, yep. And with him, I'm like, I don't know. His take on was inconsistent. He's not jumping off of here, just making a ton of plays. Uh, And so he was the guy that I struggled with where I was like, I don't know if I would take him before day three. But Broadus loves him. If you have him as a top five linebacker, it sounds like your boy needs to go back to the tape and see if I can. What are what are the traits that you really like on Clark? I, I, he took a big jump uh, his senior year, and I think just working downhill, his his speed angles, um, it just he's seeing things so much better uh, now than when you know watching him over the summer based on his junior tape. Um, I, but I think he's a guy that. Has I mean he's a four five athlete at two hundred thirty nine pounds so he's got speed. Um, I, I think that you know the, just the key and diagnose I, I think is there above average chase speed is there uh, a really good finisher when he gets there at the tackle when he makes the tackle. Um, I do think that is fair about the take on like I think he's I think he can stack and shed but he's not an explosive take on guy and so better navigating those roadblocks is something he needs to get better at just to. Uh, consistently stay ahead of schedule of the play. But I think he's a guy that, yeah, there, there's a lot there with his play speed, the ball hunting skills. Um, I, I do like, and now I think he's, and I, I think, yeah, I mentioned about five, but he's pretty closely, like I've got him on a similar tier as Christian Harris, Leo Chanel, Troy Anderson. Like those guys are pretty closely stacked together. All right, Dylan Johnson said, sorry I'm late, but what's the scoop on Bobby Wagner? Unless something is new on Twitter, there is no scoop on Bobby Wagner. Yeah, are we, are we talking about linebackers for nothing? I mean, is that you know, prospects? On, man, I mean, you know better than that. They're not going to give real money to anybody that wasn't already on their roster. They had five yeah. for 70 for Gregory. They don't have it for somebody that's not on their roster. Against the rules. And we have Jabril. to remember, too, With uh, we don't know what Jabril Cox is going to give us next year, right? I hope he starts. Yeah. Jabril Cox awesome. is one of the very rare where I think as draft guys, um, well, I'll just speak for me as a draft guy, 
I can, you can pick a guy I like in the fourth or fifth or sixth. And it's like, I'm talking about him. And it's like, holy crap, Jeff's talking about him. Like he's going to be an NFL starter. And if you're picked Xavier Woods. Day, yeah. And if you're picked Anthony Brown, and if you're picked on day three, uh, a lot of times it's never going to happen. But Jabril Cox was one of those guys that I was like, before day three started, I was like, whoever gets Jabril Cox is going to make a great right. pick. Dude can play. Uh, Jonathan said, would you move Parsons to full-time edge and go into draft linebacker guard and third wide receiver? Steven's killing this team. Uh, I think Micah Parsons is probably, it's a weird thing to say in such a competitive league at the highest level on planet earth. I think Micah Parsons is one of one and he doesn't have to be full-time anything. Yeah. Every week, every play. Whatever. This week, the quarterback's running zone read. Great. Michael will track him down. Next week, this quarterback doesn't move. Go rush the passer. Like, I think he's literally one of one in the NFL. With He doesn't have a position. That's Just like saying uh, Chiefs, like only – only line up Tyree Kill in the slot. You know, don't let, don't put him in the backfield. Don't, no motions, no outside. Like, only keep him in the slot. I mean, why? You know, like, I, it's just you're you're limiting what you could do. And defenses have to worry about where Tyree Kill is every time that they they line up. And it's kind of similar for offenses in terms of the protection scheme and what the quarterback's doing. They have to know where Michael Parsons is every time when they line him at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and that's going to affect what what they do with the the play call so not knowing what Mike Parsons is going to give you on any given play if you're an offense if you're a quarterback that's that's pretty scary so yeah keep them keep them doing that Christopher couldn't you convert Brandon Smith to D end and let him do one job that's an interesting question I hadn't even thought of it's a Penn State linebacker that again I think he's got size he looks like an incredible athlete looks like he's built in a lab and when I watched him play linebacker I I was like I is he a guy who just started playing linebacker or yeah. like he just kind of looks lost out there? So if you told me he had the physical traits to try it, I'll take him on the top of day three because that's six, the kind of dude he looks like. Six, three and a half, 250, 34 and five eighths inch arms. So really I'll long. take him with my fourth round pick just on his yeah. athletic ability and say, hey, go try rushing the passer. Four, five, two in the 40. I mean, he's got uh, he's got some juice to him, 37 and a half inch vert. So he, he's got some lower body explosion. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that's that's not that's not a bad idea because I think he is not a very good linebacker. Um, and so could he be a pass rusher? I think that is worth worth trying, especially when you get to day three picks. Heck yeah, try it. King Shadow, we like our guys in alternating capital letters. That's a shout at the Cowboys. Breaking Cowboys re-sign Zeke five years eighty. Get out of here! Leave me alone. <laughs> worst uh, contract. Worst contract in football. Uh, okay, next position group. And I know, um, in theory, well, we do. We talk about all the players, so we are talking about every team because you can hear us talk about players that your team might take. Uh, this is Cowboys centric, but it's also just about the tight ends in this draft class. Like Dalton Schultz is on the franchise tag right now. I hadn't heard a peep about getting a long-term deal done. If he's playing on the tag and I'm looking for a tight end in this draft class that I think can contribute as a rookie and I believe by year two can be a decent starter at worst, how deep does that group go? By year two, I expect you to be a decent starter at least and maybe a good one. So you're trying to find another Dalton Schultz, basically. 
Yeah, that that doesn't take till year four to pop off because I mean, he's going to inherit the starting role in year two. Yeah, um, maybe in the fourth you can find a guy like that. Maybe, probably not, but maybe. Um, I, I think that you know it, this is a tight end class where that third fourth third fourth round is going to be a sweet spot. That we're going to see a ton of tight ends drafted in third, fourth, fifth round. Those those three rounds, there's going to be a ton of tight ends off the board. Um, and, you know, I want to notice Jeremy Rucker make it to you in the fourth, uh, the Ohio State tight end, who I thought initially was going to go maybe in, maybe in the second, um, but he wasn't able to work out at the combine because he got hurt at the Senior Bowl. And just, you know, it, we'll see if he works out the Ohio State Pro Day. But Ruckert, I think, is just a, a guy ready to blow up. I mean, he is six five and a half. 250 pounds, and I think he's a good athlete, good ball skills, catches the ball well, um, can hold his own as a blocker. Not not a good blocker, but average blocker. I, Jeremy Ruckert, to me, is the one guy that I'd be really keeping keeping tabs on to see where he falls. Does he go top 100? Does he go in the third round? If he makes it to the fourth round, that's where I'm kind of looking at. Maybe I need to move up and go, go get Ruckert. Avery, any day three gems that no one is talking about yet? I guess potentially Rucker qualifies for that, huh? I mean, people should three. be talking about. I mean, you know, went to Ohio State, and even though he wasn't targeted a ton, still he was a, like a top recruit. Um, he just because they there's just so loaded at receiver at Ohio State. Uh, you know, just you know, you watch the Rose Bowl and you understand why he didn't get a ton of targets in that offense. Antoine, thanks, Cowboys. I'm an alcoholic now. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Hang in there. Chill out. Don't do it. Uh, okay, next question for me. If you need an edge and you want him to be a starter from day one, how deep does that list go where you can say it with confidence? NFL starter, day one. Does it go beyond five or six guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know that's necessarily – I mean, I think you could find, a, like, a guy that can come in and start. It's just is at what level of a starter right, is going like to be. Right, he's not an impact pass rusher, but he could line up and start. Yeah, like, I think, like, like a guy like Josh Paschal from Kentucky, um, you know, 6'3", 270 pounds. Like, he can come in and start for you, and I think he'd be a really good run defender, and anything he gives you as a pass rusher is just kind of a bonus. So – you know, you get him in the third round and, you know, you, you've got a starter, but is it at the impact level you're going to want at, at defensive event? That, that, that's a big question. So, um, and the same thing with like a guy like Kingsley and Igbari in the second round from South Carolina, at 6'4", 260, not going to give you a ton of just that suddenness off the edge, but you know, heavy handed dude, uh, you know, is, is a little methodical in his rush, but he can knock down the door and uh, be disruptive. So uh, I, he can come in and start for you. So I think every like in second, third, fourth round, you can find a guy that can come in and start for you. But is it going to be the – are you going to look to replace him in two years? Are you going to – not replace him, but are you going to look for an upgrade? Um, is he a guy that's going to give you enough for what you're looking for? Uh, I think that's, that's the big question. I think I'd, I'd rather have – uh, like I'd rather sign a guy off the street to start and take a chance on an upside guy that maybe could grow into that role. Like in the second round, you know, a guy like Logan Hall or uh, if, if Boy Mafe falls to you in the second round, you know, a, a guy like that who has some question marks. I don't know he's able to step in right away, but 
if I'm getting a long-term starter, I'm I'm okay with that in the, in the second or third round. Burner created a burner account for this. Since Jeff's afraid to talk about kickers, Dane, can you speak on this class of kickers? I'm not afraid to. I just am not going to watch tape on a kicker. I know a punter. Be that yeah. good. I'll know you. Be that good. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I, last year I thought Evan McPherson, I mean, he was the clear-cut top kicker uh, out of Florida. And turns out he was the best rookie kicker we've seen in a long time. It's unrealistic to think this draft's going to have the same type of guy, but, uh, you know, Cade York from LSU, I think he's the top kicker. Um, Dicker, the kicker, Cameron Dicker from Texas, he'd be number two, and then the Oklahoma kid would probably be number three. Dang, three not kickers. all that confident in his kicker takes. He's not all that no. confident. I saw I'll it in be, your eyes. Nah, I, I'll be completely honest. I, you know, I just take what I what, what I'm told basically from uh, special teams coaches and what they like. Because do teams I, have kicker scouts or do they just kind of wing it? No, I mean, I mean, every team does it differently. But um, like area scouts, like yeah, you have to put a grade on a kicker, and um, usually. <laughs> It's it's you know I, I know they, they hate doing it because it's just a miserable write up to do but uh, write up their field goal percentage and how far they can kick it yeah uh, just you know eighty percent made a fifty six <laughs> yarder thanks leg, leg power yeah no but then you got to meet with the special teams coach go over it with him um, but I mean you have get the stopwatch out you have to you have to know okay That's from the dumb. time the the time the punter receives the snap to it's off his foot you know, what, what's the, what's the average for him on the stopwatch? I mean, that's okay. I, I thought you meant like the 40 time. I was like, that's no, stupid. no, no, no. Yeah. Punters no, I mean, out. yeah, yeah. No, they, they usually do. Most uh, kickers and punters do not do forties uh, or agility drills. Some of them will show off. Yeah. If they're uh, fast, they will. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, but most of them, yeah, they don't. Gavin Reed asked, what are your thoughts on wide receiver Kyle Phillips from UCLA? I like him a lot in the mid rounds. Yeah, I, I, he's not a fast oh, guy. That was no. That was no. That was no, no. I mean, he did the inflection I'm, thing. I, well, because I, I after he did really well at the shrine, and so people were like, "Oh, second round, third round," and that's where I was. Okay, you, yeah, you, you can have Cal Phillips. That's fine. Uh, but you said uh, like mid rounds, and that's that's yeah. Once you get to day three, we're talking fourth, fifth round. Um, probably more fifth round for me. Yeah, quicker than fast. Uh, like not a big target. Um, who is the kid from? Um, uh, blanking on the name, but I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's where? A I want to play the trivia game. Who are you trying to think of? Um, I'm trying to think, uh, who I'm thinking of. Oh, oh it'll you're come trying to me. think of who you're thinking of, but you don't have the school or the name. So you have no I, idea who you're thinking of. Uh, UMass, um, Tajay Sharp. No, 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 no. Uh, what, he uh Massachusetts? yeah, he was, but the, like three years ago, the Cardinals draft him third round. Um, Andy Isabella. Yes, thank you, Isabella. Now, Isabella he was, was yeah, he was faster though. That's why it's not. But uh, it's, talk about small target. Like it's a smaller target to throw to, and he, you know he'll get he'll create these little pockets of separation. But it's just I don't know. I mean, you have to kind of have a realistic uh, expectation for what he's gonna what he's gonna bring to your offense. What are the best mid to late round interior offensive line options? If I miss out on the top guys, oh, this is a good question for me too because I hate offensive linemen and I need to watch more. 
So what what range did he say? Mid to late, because like Mid my to top late. guards are Zion Johnson, Kenyon yeah. Green, then Ed Ingram and Darian Kennard, then Sawyer and Parham, then the UCLA kid Ryan maybe in the fourth, and that's all I've seen. Yeah, and that's that's a good list. Uh, I, I've, uh, the only guy that I have in the top seven guards that you didn't mention is Marquise Hayes from Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good list right there. I think once you get to the mid to late rounds, um, Cam Jurgens from Nebraska, he's a lot of fun. He is Cam Jurgens is the day three developmental version of Tyler Linderbaum. Um, he's athletic, he's short armed, he's gonna, you know, he's really physical in the run game. Uh, he will make plays 40 yards down the field. Uh, he is a high school tight end who put on weight and moved to center for the first time in his life when he got to Nebraska. So he's still learning and still figuring things out. But Cam Jurgens in the, you know, I, I probably goes in the fourth round, but um, you know, so mid rounds, I, I think Cam Jurgens could be that guy. Um, if we're talking fifth, sixth round, maybe Donovan West from Arizona state. I, I think he's in that range. It could be a, uh, a worthy uh, candidate. He's still young. He's not even 21 years old. So uh, West is a guy that came in right away, started, uh, has, experience at guard and center for Arizona state. Uh, he, he could be an option in the fifth round at center. And then at guard, uh, maybe the North Carolina kid is, is uh, he's a do. Uh, he's a uh, you know, six, four, three twenty five. Uh, pretty good balance for, for uh, a guy that uh, is that size played tackle, but he's a better guard. So the North Carolina kid, I, I think he would be, if we're talking fifth, sixth round, uh, he, he's someone to keep on the radar. Uh, let me see here. Assuming the Eagles take Jordan Davis, can tiny man Linderbaum handle him twice a year? Who that would be fun. Um, would yeah, be fun now, Linderbaum, I guess my guy, will, I, hey, my guy will be in the right position. I'll tell you that. I, I mean, he, he could outquick him, that's for sure. Uh, but I mean, Jordan Davis, he's so freaking wide, uh, he just eats you up. Um, I don't, I don't think that the Eagles are going to take Jordan Davis. That's not. But maybe maybe they could. Uh, well, he might be gone before them. Yeah, no, I know. I, I he went to Baltimore at fourteen in my mock draft, so certainly it's definitely possible. Do you think Linderbaum's a realistic target at twenty four? I think they would rather pick a guard. I don't think like the Cowboys are out on or hate Biotish. but I think if you right. view Linderbaum as an instant upgrade, which I do. If you didn't have a guard option and you really just were desperate to upgrade the offensive line, I think it could make sense. But I just I don't know because right now they just have a massive hole at left guard. But they'll probably fill it in free agency, like with a guy, not a good guy, but a guy. So they're like, "What? We don't have to do anything." But they will have to do something. Yeah. I'm prepared for the first pick for the Cowboys to be a guard, and I'm good with it as long as yeah. it's on the top two. Yeah, I, I mean, I Zion. Do you prefer Zion or Kenyon? I flipped them. I did the cardinal sin I, after the combine, and then just reading notes again, I was like, I'm comfortable that my notes say that I like them both about the same, and mm -hmm. I am going to let the combine decide. And I put Zion ahead of Kenyon Green. There you go. No, I'm with you. I I, I agree. And I mean, Zion is he's impressive, man. He's it, both on the tape, but when you talk to him. Um, He's just a really, really impressive dude. So uh, he, he just got his master's in what like in, in cyber information systems. Um, oh, hell he, yeah. Your team's not going to get hacked or anything. Exactly. Stick ass. 
He'll help you with your firewall. I mean, he will protect you virtually and on the field. That's important. <laughs> King Shadow, Dak put more effort into recruiting Von Miller than the front office did. I have no faith in Stephen Jones. Is it possible to have negative faith? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Bobby, where does Dane have Nick Benito playing, edge or linebacker? What round could Cowboys team him with Micah? That's the thing is, where do you play him? Uh, I mean, Benito, Oklahoma does this every year. How big is he? Was he like 230, 235, like all their edge guys are? I think he was over 240. Um, But he's he's, he's a a kind of a one-trick pony. So let me see what exactly what he came in at. Uh, Benito was, oh, he's 248. So 6'3", 248, 32-and-a-half-inch arms. He's just, he's a tweener. And I'm like, what do you... You know, he, you want him going upfield attacking as a, as a pass rusher, but is, how often is he going to be able to do that for you and be successful? Can he, is he going to be a liability in the run game? Um, I, I, I like Benito, but he's a sub package guy to me. You know, he's a sub package pass rusher that is not going to help you on early downs. And so, you know, I, I think it, the rule was always you reserve a top 100 pick for a starter. But I think if you feel like a guy like a Benito can give you that a, a big impact, then uh, even though he won't start, even, if he can impact your your roster in a big way as a sub-package player, then I can understand it. So I could see Benito going to top 100 because of what he gives you on, on sub-downs as a, a guy that has juice off the edge and can disrupt what the quarterback's trying to do. Thank you, BADFW in the super chat and thank you to anybody who signs up on underdog fantasy and uses the promo code Jeff C for a bonus there at the sign up. It's a lot of fun. Every night I go like two bucks and I'm like, Luca over points, rebounds over assists over. And then you parlay that bad boy and see if you get rich. Um, there was two other questions. One from one of my guys on Twitch. He wanted to hear about Cole strange guard mm. later rounds. What about him? Forget later rounds. Uh, he could go top 100. I, I I love Cole Strange. I think he's he's one of my favorite players in the draft. Um, he's small school guy, uh, high school defensive end, moves the offensive line in, in college at Chattanooga. Um, he's just a mean, mean dude, and he doesn't apologize for it either. Um, he's uh, a, a guy that isn't the longest. He's not the biggest, but he's able to. He's he's okay with that. Like he's he's not a guy that gets pushed around very often. Um, works really hard to stay balanced, quick feet, uh, strong hands. You love the competitive toughness. I think he's going to st- compete for a starting job right away at center or at guard. He started mostly at guard in uh, in college, but he played really well at center at the at the senior bowl during practices. So I think from day one, you're, you're third probably in the late third, early fourth round is where he's going to end up, and he's going to compete for a starting job right away. Okay, last guy, because somebody asked about him in the chat, and I haven't watched him yet, but I know that some people are big fans of him. The uh, Cincinnati linebacker, is it Darian Beavers? Yeah, I struggle with him. Have you look, Have you seen him? I haven't seen him yet, no. He's the one linebacker that – I mean, I look at everybody's rankings. I think maybe it's pro football focus that likes him. Um, yeah. I have not seen him yet. I I am on the other side. I, I did not love him. And maybe I will end up – the Patriots are drafted in the second round and I'll end up being wrong. And, you know, that's that's fine. But I don't – he's just – he's not he's, – he's a tweener player. Like, he was a former safety, a former defensive end. Like, and he, they just tried them all at these different spots. Linebacker, safety, defensive end. Like, they add weight, lose weight. 
uh, and they move him around so much. I'm just not sure there's a natural position for him. Um, at, he's a little stiff, uh, but but it, like I don't see a ton of range to what he's doing. Um, now I do like his instincts. I do like he's a good tackler. So I think somewhere like early day three, I'm going to draft him and figure it out whether he's going to be a you know, an inside linebacker on a three, four, or maybe even as an edge rusher. Uh, you're having I, guys show up to his first practice and not be real sure where to go. Like you're going to break up for individual work and it's going to be like, hold on beavers. I'm thinking. Yeah, seriously. Uh, hold on. Let's, let's flip a coin. Uh, I'm thinking of a number between one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, it, I, 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 he, he's tough to figure out. Cause I mean, when you watch him, I think you'll see like, he's, he's a big thick dude who is a decent athlete. I mean, he's smooth out there. Um, you know, but it's like, what do you, what do you do with them? I don't know. I, I, I think so, like off, if he's one-on-one versus like Troy Pollard, uh, in space, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about Troy Pollard, uh, picking up some yardage there. So Beavers is a little tough. Um, I, I'm not as, what I say? Troy. Why'd I say Troy? I don't know, but why don't you have a Troy Hambrick? You always have him on your mind, I guess. Uh, but have a little respect yeah. for the Cowboys' best running back, Dane. One guy wants to know where he can buy the Beast. Now, the Beast is included if they're subscribed to The Athletic, right? That's it. Just need a subscription to The Athletic. And, hey, if you just get a month subscription and that's all you need The Athletic for, that's, you know, I hope you try us for longer than that. But um, it's probably you know. cheaper than The Beast used to be. You sign up for one month, you download The Beast, you move on with your day, but you will stick well, around because I'm one of those guys who is slow to come around to paying for content. Uh, but The Athletic is absolutely worth it. Yeah, well, that's worth it for Cowboys and draft alone. Heck yeah, it is. Like, I mean, honestly, it's, you Machoda and Sturm, like it's already you're it's already worth it. But you get there you, go. you want. I right now we've got a promo for I think a dollar a month for six months. So um, and again, if you, all make you need sure is you sign up through one of Dane's articles. Yes, please do. I, I was at the athletic that. once. I know how this works. Dane needs yeah. credit for you, so go to something of Dane's on there and then sign up from there. Great, or, greatly appreciated. They'll fire the hell out of Dane if he doesn't get these signups. These subscriptions yeah. are what we need. Speaking of which, on my main YouTube page, you can hit the join button. It's right next to the subscribe button. What does it get you? Really cool little emotes of proud Brian and of my face in a variety of different ways. And the party at Jeff's emote. You don't get a whole lot for it, but what you get is just to support me so I'm not homeless if you appreciate the content. Uh, Dane, I'm done with you. That's uh, fine. Well, for today, and maybe, well, we will do this again, and perhaps I'll join you in some other ventures fairly soon. Yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, maybe pretty soon we'll have some news on that. Yeah, it'll be great. All right, uh, everybody out there, remember all the things and the stuff. Thanks for stopping by. Remember to be cool to everybody. Uh, well, that's not even how I started. It's You have no idea what anybody's going through. So, Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.